Get about the curveball, Ricky. Give him a heater. Welcome to the Heater Podcast. I'm Dan Lewig. He's Corey Peeper. As we continue to get you ready for the upcoming Major League Baseball season, we've undergone our preview series going division by division. Last week, we had the opportunity to uh, take a look at the AL and NL East. This week, we'll be breaking down the AL and NL Central. And for our Midwestern folks, especially those with the Brewers aficionados that are out there, this is your uh, preview week. Uh, and we have some interesting talk that's going to be there. That's coming from a non-homer, by the way. Uh, so I'll bring that up later on as we kick into that. Uh, it is a beautiful day outside, 60s and sunny. Uh, it's starting to feel like spring. We're here. It hit spring. Two, yesterday was the first day, right? And the snow is basically gone. And like you said, I saw my first robin today. I, I did as well. Did you? Yeah. It's, so when you see a robin around here, it's usually after their... St. Patty's Day, and then then it feels like spring. Baseball's going. The golf course is opened. I haven't been out yet, but I want to. Uh, March Madness and and yeah. and full wild swing. Madness is definitely the key word this year. That was the saddest part about I think last year when everything shut down. Now is just because March is you know you got March Madness basketball right. Uh, ba- football season it's free agency. Free agency MLB, and draft almost. Yeah, MLB has spring training obviously, and I'm not a hockey guy, but I'm pretty sure they're in the playoffs right. So you have that uh, in uh, in peak form right there. NBA is in a, a trading deadline for them is, yeah. is uh, coming up here this week. Bucks made a big move. You see, well, not big move, but they got PJ, PJ Tucker. Tucker. Yeah. Yeah. PJ Tucker's yeah. a good player. Yeah. Uh, so have uh, there's a lot going on in every That's sport. Right. A lot of a flurry of activity, which is always fun to, to see this time of year. That's why it stunk. I said when it shut down yes. last year. This was the peak this was time. the time right when everything shut down. We were March Madness had just started and they shut it down, or or was it even not even started yet? It was maybe in the conference tournaments and it was the conference tournaments, conference tournaments everything yeah. shut down so we figured we got a year figured it out a little bit better and we're still going well we'll continue the uh the madness known as uh 2021 uh and uh spring training is uh, uh i finally had to start checking because this is probably the year that i've paid the least amount of attention you're busy man to, to uh to spring training and spring training numbers now again spring training numbers for the most part are meaningless but there's things that you see there's uh uh, Baseball America comes out with uh, uh, something each uh, each spring. The uh, word they hear from talent evaluators who have gone around and seen what's the uh, the best players that are pr- primed for a, a breakout from based on what they're seeing in spring, and they have a pretty decent success rate at that. Uh, I just won't pay the price for Baseball America yet on that alone. There's a lot of other good reasons to do it. I just haven't bitten so the bullet on that one yet. I have so many yeah. subscriptions. I can only afford so much here. It, and that's pretty much where we're at. I would rather have my uh, MLB TV uh, I do. subscription mm, and enjoy watching the game versus uh, commenting on the okay. on the game. Okay, I got something to bring up for you off the cuff here because I was looking yeah. at MLB.com and I just read this. So this is your guy, my guy. I like Shohei Otani. I've never been maybe as high on him as you. So today, first time ever, hitting while pitching. Same game. Pitched and hit. So four innings, uh, five strikeouts. Fastball that reached 101. So he's had the velocity. He did have some walks earlier in the spring training. That it was still there. The walks thing has always been the issue, but – 14 for 22 so far hitting this spring with four home runs. This is what everyone has been hoping for with him. There's been the Tommy John stuff. There's been injuries that have been a part of this. There's been the uh, the wildness, the, uh, trying to come back from it. This shows you the level. Like 
again, what can you take from spring? What are the, the positives? Is it the results? No, but I'll, I'll look at it this way. The Angels had to baby him last year because of how bad things went. They wouldn't do double duty like this unless they were confident uh, in things. And and he is now playing with that same confidence too. So he is, uh, and we'll talk next week on a, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, wanna... comeback players. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah he would player. be the one uh, to, uh, to root for there. Uh, but maybe we'll actually see the full Shohei Otani experience in 2021. I can't get the pitching stats. I can't find it. a lot of talk about the, the 101, which velocity wasn't the problem last year. I want to know how many guys he's walked, but well, I can't find that. I've noticed that from a lot of guys, and I wonder what the long-term impact for this season is. Uh, velocity is up. Yeah. If you watch numbers across the board with uh, with pitchers, velocity is up now. I suppose that's a result of you had less innings, innings, right? Uh, You you had less wear and tear on the arms. But what's sustainable with that? What's good with that? Uh, Again, you think of uh, of racehorses. Like when do you need to pull them, rein them back, and then let them go? And I think everyone's trying to figure that figure that out in Major League Baseball this year. I don't think there's any one right answer for how best to to approach this. Teams are going to be doing this very differently. Uh, and so it'll be interesting to see what happens. And I think they already there. said they're going. That team we know is going to the six man rotation. I'm pretty sure. So some teams are doing the six man. Some teams are just going to limit guys' innings. And the Dodgers are going to do their phantom injury guys. But yeah, everybody's going to have to figure out after this short short ramp up. I know I was listening to I think it was mm, Sleeper in the Bus to one of the Fangraphs podcasts and. Somebody looked back at the 94 season, the strike-shortened season, and then to 95. Now, mm. a lot has changed in even 15 years from what sure. we understand. Well, that's and, at least a decent and it uh, was, parable. And it was – I think the average pitcher was about 20 innings less than, like, the two years, like, 93 and 96, they said. So here's my I, – I think there's going to be a lot of pitchers get to about the 150-inning mark. That That's always been my guess. Like, of your ace guys, I don't think you're going to see a whole lot – the super guys, you know, your Garrett Coles, your Max Scherzer, those guys just those be fine. Arms, They're going to go yeah. to 200 innings. They're going to do what they can. But even Brandon Woodruff, uh, Corbin Burns, we're going to talk about some of those guys today. I don't, 150, 160 innings? I think 150 is the standard, I think, yeah. for what to what to expect this year. And then now the ramifications of that, though, is there's still innings that have to be pitched. Yep. <laughs> and so if, you, if you're getting guys, 180 was pretty much the number before. 200 is mm-hmm. not the standard anymore in today's baseball. Nope. 180 has been that number. So if you're saying that's 30 innings less per pitcher, uh, that's another 150. That's a whole nother starting pitcher or uh, a whole nother uh, bullpen. How do you figure that out? Uh, That's a lot. Uh, And uh, so this is going to be a very unique year. We know that going in. Uh, But it's just these are spring trends that we're really talking about as we get started here uh, in the podcast. Uh, The the spring trends of uh, velocity being up with pitchers uh, and due to, again, uh, less innings on the shoulders uh, the the last year. But how do you manage the innings uh, increase and what to expect? 150 being that plateau that many talent uh, evaluators and scouts have talked about. That's kind of the number right there. Most people and most pitchers will be trying to reach. How do you fill the rest of the innings? That's going to be the, the million-dollar question. So we'll monitor that as we get into the, the full season and regular season as we get started. Uh, but for now, we're going to take a look at the uh, AL and NL Central. That's what we're going to be taking a look at uh, here as the big part of our preview uh, uh, with the podcast. Uh, but before we do, we have a few news and notes uh, to uh, jump into. Yeah, we had a pitching injury already, and this one's to the Mets, and this is a big one. You talked about Carrasco maybe being just as important as the Lindor acquisition for the yes. Mets. 
and the right-hander was running the bases because the hitters are going to, or the pitchers are going to hit again, so they have to run the bases. So he was running after in a simulated appearance and tore his hamstring. It came out originally that it was a grade two tear, which is six to eight weeks, and then you got to ramp that arm up. Now I've seen some reports that it's a grade one tear. That can be a full season depending upon like, the severity. You, you hope it's only half a year, but expect. I would hope to see him in June, right? Like. The question now is, who do you see first? Noah Syndergaard or Carlos Carrasco? Uh, that's a, a <laughs> the Mets, right? That, that, it, like it's the, the team that uh, sometimes is tripping over their own two feet. Other times, it's just the fluke luck and the way the breaks are going. Uh, can that team actually get to full strength to see what, who they are and what they can do? Again, they try to improve depth this year to try to at least tread water, and that's what you're trying to do the first half of the season, which is what everyone's trying to do, uh, especially this year uh, coming off the the, the shortened season. Uh, so, again, when you think of innings and what people can pitch, maybe that's not a bad thing either. You have a, that fresh arm for like half a year. Same thing with Syndergaard, half a year. Uh, that's... Uh, they're not going to have to make too many uh, midseason acquisitions, especially in the rotation department, when you have those two arms coming back. Yeah, and they they still have a good top three, right? We talked about it last week. You got Degrom, you got Stroman, you got Taiwan Walker. Those guys are still pretty rock solid. At least you know what you're getting there. And David Peterson pitched well last year, former first round pick, and they acquired Joey Lucchesi in the off season, who I would expect to move into the fifth starter role. So they're certainly not devoid of talent yet. They're still going to be okay, but it's a big blow when you lose a player like they in Carlos Carrasco's caliber. And especially, we said in context, again, baseball's most competitive division. Uh, and so this, uh, those are some of the, the arms you were counting on to try to separate yourself from, the, from a very good division. Uh, now, how does that work with uh, Atlanta? Can Atlanta get out to a hot start to build a, a bit of a bridge in between? Philadelphia now has a chance to get closer with things. So it's, it's how it impacts the, the marathon uh, with the rest of the, the division there that will be interesting to see. Let's do another hamstring injury, this time on a probably non-competitive team in the Colorado Rockies, and it's kind of a late-blooming prospect, former top, top prospect Brendan Rodgers. Now he was expected to be the opening day second baseman, I do believe. It was going to be him or Ryan McMahon or Garrett Hampson. With them, who knows, they could have signed someone terrible yet and played them instead because they don't like to use development out there. But he was expected to be the opening day second baseman. He has also had he, – he'd missed some time and then with a hamstring, and now Bud – yeah, Bud Black is still the manager there. I almost said somebody else. But no, Bud Black's still the manager there. Looks like he's re-aggravated his injury, and now he's going to sit down for a month. So that's not good for, obviously, his development. And the Colorado Rockies, I said, you never know what you're going to get. This is one of the worst teams in baseball. The news just keeps getting worse for uh, Rockies fans with uh, a challenging offseason to begin with, and then one of the bright spots you were looking forward to uh, now uh, being out for a considerable amount of time. We're going to lump these last two together because they're on the same team and they play the same position. The San Diego Padres put a lot of capital into their pitchers this offseason. These two guys are holdovers, though. Denelson Lamette, who, if we remember, when they got to the playoffs last year, Clevenger had Tommy John and Lamette couldn't pitch for him because of his elbow. Well, he had a whole offseason to rehab it, and they thought he was going to be okay, but now it is a, quote, virtual certainty that he will start the season on the injured list. So that's not good. Uh, we, he's got a bad elbow. They basically, you always think that he is really close to getting Tommy John. It has felt, felt like he was going to get Tommy John when they got you, Darvish, when they got Blake Snell. I thought he was going to get Tommy John. They have Mackenzie Gore. It is still very possible that he could get Tommy John. It feels like, I told you before we started, it feels like Masahiro Tanaka, who we knew had a bad arm. 
he kept pitching through it and he did, he was effective. Nelson Lamette's been effective, but I, we were just talking about limiting innings. I don't know how many innings Nelson Lamette's going to get. If it if he got to 100, I might be amazed at this point. And the other one they have is Drew Pomeranz with forearm tightness. I don't know if he was going to be the closer. I think he's their best relief pitcher, but I think Mark Melancona, they signed as a free agent, was going to be the closer. But I think Drew Pomeranz is going to be the, the main pitcher out of their bullpen, kind of Josh Hader a few years ago before he really started closing. And so we'll see. That's Those are two big pitching injuries to a team that's got to be competitive with the Dodgers, and they're not losing anybody yet. If we mentioned uh, Shohei Otani with uh, spring numbers or things being there, we have to at least mention uh, today a, a hat tip to uh, – Jorge Soler, uh, his 484-foot blast in spring trading here. Uh, that one cleared uh, almost everybody, including the fans, uh, on, on that side. So that was a, that was a big boy shot uh, is what took place there. It's not a cheapie there, no. So let's dive in. We have, uh, we're going to take a look at the AL Central to kick things off. And uh, we'll go again in order of teams from the previous year, record from the previous year. Uh, we have the Minnesota Twins, who uh, won the, uh, the AL Central last year. Uh, we have uh, the theme for the Twins this year. First, the, the big offseason was re-signing, not new, uh, keeping Nelson Cruz. Uh, that is going to be a huge signing. I, I'm very, very much seeing that. It's a new back half of the rotation. Michael Pineda, uh, the Shoemaker, J.A. Happ uh, are now the new guys that are back there. We'll talk about them in just a minute. And then it's the youth movement. Uh, you have the young guys coming up. Can they? Are they ready for a more impactful role on a division contending team? It's kind of weird because it's it's young guys. They have this core of guys that are like twenty seven. That's your Buxton, your Sano, your Jorge Polanco, your Jose Brios. Those guys are all within a, a year of each other. And then you have these really old veterans. Who? What are you going to get out of them? Right? It's thirty five year old Josh Donaldson whose body's breaking down and. I think they asked the manager, Baldelli is the manager, right? Rocco Baldelli is the manager, and they asked him the other day, how many games is Donaldson going to play? And he said, probably not more than 130. If you get 130 games out of Josh Donaldson, though, I think you're happy at this point. And Absolutely. 40-year-old Nelson Cruz, right? And he looked unbelievable last year, but assuming he's human, he will slow down. Like, father eight, father time wins unless you're David Ortiz. And so maybe Nelson Cruz is or just... Or Tom Brady. Or Tom Brady. Maybe t- Nelson Cruz is those guys, and he just goes until he retires, and he's unbelievable. But maybe it slows down, and instead of being... 35 home runs, he hits 22 home runs, which is not bad, but it's not good enough. And and then you mentioned some of those new pitchers. Jay Happ's 38. And, I, yeah, Matt Shoemaker is 34. He'll turn 35. So He has a, uh, a considerable amount of durability issues. Yes, he does. So there's a lot of – I think it'll be a good team. Last year, I believe I said that I thought they were the best offense in baseball. Uh, even though they didn't really change that much – I, I don't think I can say that anymore. Not necessarily that they maybe got a little worse, but other teams got better. They, they added Andrelton Simmons, right? That's the big offseason acquisition as far as hitting goes. And his is the gold glove defense, right? Unbelievable yep, shortstop, yep. great shortstop. Offensively, it's a downgrade. Now they're just moving Polanco from short to second. And so it it's a lot of changes. Kirilov's coming up. I talked about Kirilov. That, that's right? that's a big one. name. That's I, the one that's that we don't youth. know. Is Kirilov going to be... I think he can be very good. I think he can hit 280. I think he's more of a doubles home run, doubles hitter instead of a home run hitter. But this team doesn't really need home run hitters. They have Kepler is good. Hitter, Cruz, right? Sano is awesome. The power as it. much. It'll be a good team. I don't think it's got it's the favorite to win this division anymore. They are uh, projected uh, at ninety two and seventy. 
Nope. I'll take the under on that. Take the under on I'll that? I'll take the under on that one. I, I love Kentamaeda, right? I think Kentamaeda is a great pitcher. I think Barrios is a pretty good pitcher. There's too many questions. I have too many questions with J.A. Hat, Matt Shoemaker, Michael Pineda. I have way too many questions with that. I think the problem with those three is that if you're really having to say a lot of uh, positives, you're really talking yourself into it. Give me like 86 wins, right? What did you say it was? 92 and 70. Nope, I'm not taking over 90 on this team. So where their ceiling can change and it's how much of the youth is able to emerge for that offense to be uh, like I think right now they're living more on reputation with that offense yeah. than reality, and that's the key. Can the, can Alex Kirilov and uh, some of these other young guys step up the the catching position? Mitch Garver, uh, excellent 2019 injury and inconsistency in 2020. What is he in 2021? Uh, and they also have a nice young prospect who's coming up too. So uh, the the catcher spot is is kind of interesting. Uh, a lot of it depends on so. What really is Byron Buxton, right? Byron Buxton was the prospect. He was the Wander Franco of the time. He actually was more like BJ Upton when the Rays had him because it's a yep. speed power combination. Yep. And I see on here on fan graphs, he's projected for 30 home runs, 21 steals, and a 257 average. That's an incredible year. That is an exceptionally an good year. year. But he plays so hard in the outfield. And, I, and it's great, right? He's an unbelievable defender. Fun to watch. Excellent defender. It's He gets hurt so much. And when you already have an old Josh Donaldson who gets hurt a lot and Miguel Sano strikes out too much. So there's just a lot of questions on a team that, like you said, they won the AL Central last year. I, I just not going to pick them to do that again. And the one thing that can easily be overlooked is the, the role that Trevor May played. Mm-hmm. And you're replacing it with Alex Colomay. And that could work, but May was the better pitcher. There's a reason why he also got more money. So you are downgrading at a very key spot. And again, there's only so many downgrades you can afford when you're trying to stay on top. Uh, and again, the uh, from durability issues, from the uh, from key offensive players to the back half of the rotation, uh, there's, there's too many things that are unknown where 92 wins seems a, a little too acting too sure for a team that has too many question marks. They could get there, uh, but right now there's more question marks than answers. Uh, if we take a look at the uh, best prospects, yes, prospects. So the best prospect that the Twins have is Royce Lewis. But if you go back about a month, Royce Lewis tore his ACL. He is out for the season. He's a shortstop prospect. That I actually a huge think loss. If he gets healthy and he shows he's healthy, I, I Angelton Simmons, I think only signed a one year contract with them. Mm-hmm. So that could be next year. You could see Royce Lewis if he gets his knee right back. The prospect who's most likely to help, we already talked about. It's it's Alex Kirilov. I think he's been kind of cold, I think, in spring training, so I don't know if he's going to start with the team, but it's not going to take long, and he's going to play primarily left field for the Twins. Someday when Nelson Cruz, if he ever retires, you might see Miguel Sano move to DH, and Kirilov can play first, too. So he's the one that's going to help the most this season. I would agree with that completely. Are there any other uh, questions we need to dive into for the Twins? The only other thing I have is, in an effort to stay healthy, Josh Donaldson became a vegan this offseason. Whatever works for you, man. That's the only other news point I had. I I did this last week, too, so I need to get back to it. We were going to do a division overview, and I'm so ready chomping up the bit to dive into the teams that I go right past that. So when we look at the AL Central, what's some some key thoughts to the division as a whole? I think there's – okay, so my thing on this division is there are two competitive teams. 
And I don't think that the Twins or the Indians are one of them. I'll say that. And those teams were great last year. But I think that there were some significant downgrades to both those teams. And I think maybe the biggest surprise team, a la last year's Padres, is in this division. We'll get there in a little bit here. Okay. Well, then we'll go into the team that was uh, uh, in second, the Cleveland Indians, who had an eventful uh, offseason. And not necessarily for the better, but this is one of those teams that is one of the better at retooling. Uh, Mm -hmm. This is also going to be one of their biggest challenges yet. Uh, think Think of this talent that is now left. Francisco Lindor. Uh, Brad Hand, Carlos Carrasco, Carlos Santana. It looked like a full teardown, right? Yeah. It looked like the full teardown. We thought Jose Ramirez was on the way out too, and and he's still there. And when it looked like a full teardown, you you were looking at this team losing a lot of games. Then they signed Eddie Rosario. And in the trade, they got back Andre Semenez and Amid Rosario. So, and then they went out and signed a couple of relief guys. So it turns out it's not a full teardown because they're still trying to win some games here. That rotation is still nice. And the rotation is what's got to, if this team's going to win, it still comes down to their pitching, right? It's Shane Bieber. It's Zach Plesek. It's Aaron Savale. Tristan Tristan McKenzie, McKenzie, right? Those are your big four right now that they got. They're going to go with, I'm sure either Plutko or Quantrill as their fifth starter, but they, they have to be as good. Like Shane Bieber has to be great. And he can be, we've seen it. Zach Plesek has to be what he was last year. And I'm not a, necessarily a police act believer. I think he's good. I think he's a mid fours ERA last year. It was, what was his here last year? His ERA was, was really 228. Low. Yeah. Nope. Unsustainable. Nope, not buying that. You told me it's 388. Sure. That's a good year for him. I think 228 is way too low for Zach police So, and it's going to need to be that good. Cause the offense Cesar Hernandez, they brought him back. Good leadoff hitter. And Jose Ramirez is an MVP. I'm going to mention him a little bit. He's an MVP quality player, but this is the definition of a team that goes toolsy mm-hmm. on the offensive players they try to acquire. They have guys with big-time power, big-time ability. It just hasn't shown itself on the Major League field uh, consistently yet. That's Fran Mill. Can't, yeah. can't follow the COVID guidelines. Reyes, who's – you could project him for 40 home runs, and I'd say, sure, he could do that, but he can't stay healthy. And you could also point, project him off in a major league roster at the same time. Car, right? Like, you've got to follow the rules, dude. Andre Jimenez, who they got in the trade from the Mets. I like Andre Jimenez. I think that he can be a pretty good replacement. No, he's not replacing Francisco Lindor. You're not replacing that. I, I don't care what he does. You're not replacing the fact that Francisco Lindor is also one of the most popular players in baseball and sells you a lot of tickets when, you have, when you're available to actually do that. But he can do adequate job on the field replacing him. He won't be as good, but he'll be okay. I think it's a below-average offense with really good pitching that needs to be really good so they win again. Is this the worst offense in the AL? Oh, that's a good question. Um, it might be. Uh, I haven't looked at the. I haven't thought too much about the West yet. Texas, Texas is pretty bad, isn't it? Texas strikes out a lot, but. It's it's right down there. It's definitely the, Seattle. It's got to be Seattle, the, right? The fact that you had to pause yeah. tells you the problem with this team. No matter how good that <laughs> rotation, uh, that rotation could be everything you want it to be, and you're still looking at a 500 team, and that's insane. It's their out. It's Eddie Rosario is a good outfielder. I like the signing of Eddie Rosario. That's a good that's signing. A potential underrated one. Yeah, yeah. But the rest of their outfield. Josh Naylor, Bradley Zimmerman, I see they're sending Jordan, they're keeping Jordan Luplo and sending Oscar Mercado back to the minors as of today. So we always said this outfield was the one that we thought maybe a Zuna or a Brantley coming back to Cleveland, something like that. Now, Eddie Rosario's one signing, which is fine, but they need 
more out of your offense. When your projected five hitter is Josh Naylor, who had a nice hit in the playoffs, and then Jake Bowers, that's not good enough to compete in this division. No question. What about for uh, for prospects for Cleveland? Cleveland, I have best prospect is George Valera. He is a couple years away. Um, I think they drafted him pretty high, if I'm not mistaken. George Valera, where is he? He went early. Yeah, he's at high A last time we saw him. He's probably not going to see him for a couple of years. He is an outfield prospect, very fast. The one that's going to compete and help the most this year, you mentioned Tristan McKenzie. We saw Tristan McKenzie last year. He is a string bean. He looks like he weighs about 135 pounds, but big arm, kind of like Sixto Sanchez got all the hype, right? But Tristan McKenzie basically did the same thing. So he's going to be the four starter. Once again, they're going to limit the innings. 115, 120 probably is all you're going to see out of him just because he is so young and you're not going to risk that 23-year-old arm. Yeah, they'll be monitoring this very, very closely. Uh, we'll move on to the other uh, team that has uh, had a lot of – there's been a lot of activity in the AL Central. Uh, good, bad, and uh, just plain entertaining. Uh, the Chicago White Sox – oh, I, let me let me step back. Uh, Cleveland Indians, 84-78 and 78 was the record. Under. Under. I think that's a, a 500 team at best. Nothing would surprise me as a team that repeatedly – beats out these types sure. of numbers because of the pitching right that's, that's why they uh, yep, do that yep but i this offense has has lost they had to do that with even with having an mvp candidate or two mvp candidates on that roster now you lost one of them i don't see them beating the odds this time so i'll take the under on that one as well now we can move to the chicago white Sox. Uh, Lance Lynn, Liam Hendricks, Adam Eaton, they made some big-time moves. Uh, Closer was a problem for them last year. They very much wanted to go big-game hunting on that, and they got the biggest fish uh, that you could could do with that. Liam Hendricks, a huge addition, the veteran presence of Lance Lynn, and someone who is used to eating innings, especially when you're dealing with the question marks of everything, that has a chance to play a big role. And you have Andrew Vaughn, uh, hot shot prospect lurking in the wings. There's talk that he's that they're trying to get that Luis Robert deal done with him too, so he starts the season. Otherwise, you'll see Andrew Vaughn by mid-April, and I don't certainly by the end of April you'll see Andrew Vaughn playing DH for this team. He's that type of a bat. That's the one that was talked about for Josh Hader, and I think the White Sox said, "No, we'll see if we can sign Liam Hendricks and keep Andrew Vaughn because he's that type of a hitter." Uh, third pick overall a few years ago, but this is. Maybe the best offense in the game as far as hitting home runs, but they're going to strike out a lot. The on-base percentage isn't there. This team is going to be free-swinging, but it's it's going to be one of the f- more fun teams to watch, barring Tony LaRusso's management style really ruining them. For any uh, uh, longtime White Sox fan, you would say this is the same offense that they won uh, a championship with uh, back in the day about 15 years ago, right? Uh, yeah. This is the same type of a three-outcome offense. Uh, that was... a. Uh, Paul Canerco and uh, some of those guys at that time. Yeah. Uh, And so you have a similar type of offense that's has the chance to be just as effective. Yeah. This is Tim Anderson is so good at the top of their lineup. And then I've talked a lot about outlier, right? He's the one who hits for a high contact batting champ. Yeah. He's amazing. Does Monte Grandal. Abreu is coming off the MVP, obviously. Then you have Eloy. I guess the guy you have to talk about though is Luis Robert. Because Luis Robert, the first month looked like a guaranteed rookie of the year player, right? Through the end of August, he was hitting 298, but striking out 30% of the time. And then from that point on last season, he hit 153 and struck out 32% of the time. So this is what I said. 
It's all there. He could beat Fernando Tatis Jr. next year at this time. If he had a year where he hit well, you could see 35 homers, 35 steals out of Luis Robert. That type of talent's there. But if he strikes out at that level, it could be can't reach it. 230 average, and it's 25 home runs and 20 steals, which is still good. Like He's going to be good, but he won't reach that, that super plateau that we think is there. What about their their young pitching at the top of their rotation? Uh, are, you, are you buying him? Like He was uh, someone who's emerged. He always had the talent, never quite got there. Uh, change of scenery, different team. Now he's starting to hit that stride. Is he officially there? Yep. I'm ready to buy into Lucas Giolito. as one of the best 10 pitchers in baseball. I think he's got the stuff. I think he pitches well. He's not afraid to it. Earlier on when he first came over from the White Sox, he looked like he was kind of afraid to attack hitters. The last couple of years, he said, I'm going right after you. I'll, I'll If you want to hit it, hit it. Otherwise, I'm going to strike you out. And struck out 12 per nine innings of the year after, or last year, he struck out 12 the year before, 11. I think he's an ace on a, in a team like this. And then you add in Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn's really good, too. He'll eat a lot of innings. He's going to do it at a fine ERA. Keuchel is going to do the same thing as Lance Lynn, maybe a little worse than Lance Lynn, but a lot of innings there. Dylan Cease is kind of weird. Some people love Dylan Cease because the spin rate's off the chart. That's what you always hear about Dylan Cease. Is this amazing? Opposites on, on people's beliefs on him. I'm okay on Cease. I'm not super warm on him. I think Cease is okay. And then the fifth starter, right now they have it projected at Carlos Hernan. Someday that's going to be Michael Kopeck still. Yeah, I think that's when eventually he gets there. Again, he's had some uh, – he fits the, the quirkiness of this team – uh, uh, to a the theme to a to a T, but the talent is there. So w- how does that all uh, come together? Uh, and then you have this this overall this young, vibrant, energetic, uh, youthful team uh, with an old school uh, get off my lawn uh, uh, socks and sandals uh, uh, wearing manager. Do you know who I am? Uh, how does that jive? Can it jive? Like that's the there's that's even players question. openly said that they questioned the fit. Uh, and that's before anything getting started. How does this work, not on paper, but on the field? That's the question I had, right? Does Tony La Russa's old-school management style fit with this young team? Other than Carlos or Jose Abreu and Yosemite Grandal, there is no one on this team. Oh, sorry, Eaton's on the team now, over 25. That's how young this team still Oh, Tim Anderson's 27, my bad. But there's a lot of young players on this team. It's a very fun team to watch. I want to see him steal bases. I want to see him hit home runs. Is Tony La Russa going to let him do what they can do, or is he going to be old school and say we're going station to station and we're going to try and bunt? I've heard him say that he wants Adam Eaton to bunt a lot. Like, yeah, I get it. It's old school, right? You want you want to put him at the two hole and let him bunt a lot, but you have Jose Abreu behind him. You have Eloy Jimenez behind that. You have Yoan Moncada. They're going to hit a home run. You don't need to bunt. So I, maybe it'll work. He's a Hall of Fame manager. Maybe he'll figure it out. Just don't ruin this team that should... This is a team that should win the AL Central on paper. The... Fan graph numbers, projections, 86 and 76. Over. I'll take this yeah. team to win 90 games. I don't think Tony LaRusso, I don't think, even if his management style doesn't work, there is so much talent on this team that they should win 90 games at least. I'm assuming Andrew Vaughn is the uh, the prospect uh, of, of mention? Sure, but you could do more. Like, Andrew Vaughn's great. Nick Madrigal still qualifies as a prospect, too. Yeah. I love Nick Madrigal. I said he hardly ever strikes out. He's, ama- he's going to bat at the bottom of the lineup, I think, just because this team's really good. But 300 almost seems like a guarantee with the way he bats. Uh, Garrett Crochet is really good. We saw him at the end of last year. He throws 100 miles an hour. Remember, he got picked last summer, and they still brought him up. So, Kopech, there's there's a lot of talent, young talent on this team. But Andrew Vaughn is special good. 
they obviously got the closer they wanted. Is this bullpen good enough? I'm kind of jumping back to one last question for him. Yep. The Aaron Bummer is really good. I actually like Aaron Bummer. If they didn't get Liam Hendricks, I thought Aaron Bummer could have been a pretty effective closer. He has a huge sinker. just gets a ton of ground balls. Crochet throws hard. They're putting Kopech down there. Yeah, I think this, this bullpen could be good enough. There's more answers than questions here, which is why you put them as the favorite, and we'll talk uh, our predictions on things in the, uh, another uh, couple of weeks here. But uh, the difference between the Twins and the White Sox right now is the White Sox have more answers than questions. Twins have more questions than answers. Now, again, that can change as uh, things develop, but that's where things stand on paper right now. Uh, and three-team race, uh, it's, it's really those three. Uh, you and I, and we'll talk about the Kansas City Royals next here. I, for the last couple of years, I've loved their under-the-radar moves. Uh, I like their offseason. Carlos Santana, Andrew Benintendi. Uh, you have uh, Mike Miner, uh, Michael Thomas. Uh, there's been some solid veteran additions to this team. And this team is one year away from being an um, – they are very aggressive. We saw it last year. They called up Brady Singer. They called up Chris Bubik. This is the team. If they are aggressive, and they have never said that they're not going to be, I think they can beat the Twins and the Indians and maybe make the wild card. This is my team that I think could maybe make the wild card. This year? Yes. Ooh. Like the Padres last year. I think this is the one that could do it. Now, like you said, they, they got Benintendi, they got Carlos Santana, and they got Michael Taylor. I'm good on all those moves. I think they're very underrated. I think they have a really good uh, lineup, actually. So right now it's Whitmerfield, Benintendi, Mondesi, who's just – unbelievably weird but good player Carlos Santana love it Salvador Perez just got paid today four years 82 million right before we started doing this so congratulations Led catchers last year in uh, almost every category congratulations Salvador Perez you're going to stay there with Kansas City longer you're talking about Soler he's going to hit a lot of home runs and then Hunter Dozier I think is pretty good underrated second base is a weakness that's where Nicky Lopez is now and then center field is Michael Taylor but good bottom of the line of player second base is Nicky Lopez now now the question is there was talk the guy who's torn up spring training, the biggest name at spring training, has been Bobby Witt Jr. And that is their best prospect. And if you haven't seen Bobby Witt Jr. in spring training, uh, like think he's another shortstop prospect, much like Wander Franco, much like C.J. Abrams, much like Mario Luciano. It is a very good shortstop class. A couple of years ago, he got picked second overall and has not played above rookie ball. So they asked Dayton Moore, is there a chance he'll make the team? And he had to say, yeah, there's a chance he'll come with us. Now I see as of today that they said he's going to A-ball. But if, they, if this team is aggressive and you see players like Bobby Witt get called up, and I, it's possible that in the midseason we see Bobby Witt get called to this team. Uh, we're going to talk um, Daniel Lynch is on this team. They, Asa Lacey, Jackson Coar, they have lots and lots of very good high-end pitching prospects. And then you throw a guy like Bobby Witt in. If they push it, and I said they pushed it last year, Singer and Bubik didn't have to play, they bring this up and push it. I think they can finish second and make this wild card. What is their rotation looking like? Obviously, Mike Miner is someone who uh, has had an, uh, a weird year last year. The numbers weren't there. The peripherals were. Uh, and just in, in 2019, he was a, was, a, was very good in the last full season that was there. What type of rotation are they looking at right now? I love their uh, their lineup. I think starting, starting pitching is where the question marks are, right? Mm -hmm. So Mike Miner, they've already said Brad Keller starting opening day. Brad Keller was there last year solid pitcher it usually pitches above his peripherals because he gets he, he's one of those induces a lot of soft contact type of guys Brady Singer I said came up last year kind of surprisingly and pitched effectively I think he's going to be pitched effectively again this year Danny Duffy's been there a long time you know what you're getting with Danny Duffy it's going to be too many walks so that's why his ERA usually gets inflated it's kind of a lower end Robbie Ray type of thing and then you got 
Jake Junis, or you could go back to Chris Bubik. That's your fifth starter. It, it it's question marks in the rotation for sure. That's why that's why I'm not going to sit here and say that this team is automatically going to be the top team in this division, but I think they're going to be much better than people give them credit for. I was just trying to look up. Uh, Dan Zaborski has his uh, projection system with fan graphs, and I was trying to see uh, where he where he has uh, them right now. Uh, he has uh, Keller as the uh, the best uh, wins above replacement, two point six. Duffy at one point five. Junis at one point eight. Singer one point seven. Bubik one point nine. Not bad uh, overall. You know, these are solid numbers. It's all above average. This is a sneaky team, a sneaky good team to keep an eye on. Again, they should at least be competitive. I think that's what we're looking at. The floor is competitive. The floor, well, Fangraphs isn't fully agreeing with that. 77 and 85. I'm assuming you're taking the over on that. I'll take that over. I will take that over. I think if they're competitive competitive middle of the season, this is a team that they can either they can do two things. They can then start pushing some of these prospects up, and you can see Bobby Witt, and you can see Daniel Lynch, and you can see Jackson Coar. Just those three alone are going to be – those are all top 50 prospects in baseball. Second half of the year will be all about the kids. I guarantee or, that. Or, and then you could take some of the lower guys, like they traded for Lucius Fox from your Rays, or you could flip some of those guys and get more major league talent. So I think if they start off hot, this is a team that's going to surprise like the Padres did last year. I, th- I thought the Padres – I think I mentioned that. I thought they could be a wild card when we heard they were an extra wild card team last year. But otherwise, I thought this was their year to compete. Now, they are competing because they did it a different way than I thought they would instead of letting their young guys play. They signed a bunch of free agents. But I think Kansas City's got the young talent that they are going to be competitive this year, and then next year is really their year. So this was the bombshell that I wasn't expecting. I know we both were agreeing on the the, the rising uh the right trend for the Royals, but uh, uh, you heard it here. Uh, Corey Peeper is saying, uh, look out for the Kansas City Royals in 2021 right. and following. So we'll wrap up the AL Central coverage with uh, the Detroit Tigers. They are about two to three years behind where the Royals are now. You, and there's the, the lineup doesn't wow you. Uh, I think Wilson Ramos will put together some good offensive numbers. Uh, you have Jonathan Scoop uh, with that. There's some other nice young guys that are there, but it's really about the this young starting pitching, right? You need them to get their innings. They got to get going. Yes, you have Matthew Boyd at the top of it, but then you have Spencer Turnbull. You have Casey Mize. You have uh, uh, Fulmer and Urena here, but we're waiting on Alex Fado, Matt Manning. And then you have the number one overall guy last year, Torkelson, who is a bat that's supposed to advance very, very quickly. Casey Mize intrigues Scooball too. So the question with this team is, when do they turn the young players loose, right? Yep. Especially those yep. three pitchers. You mentioned actually the four of them when you conclude include Fido. So Matt Boyd is fine. He's not good. I'm not going to say Matt Boyd's good. Jose Arrain is bad. Leo Tehran is bad. I'm not. I'm, Michael Fulmer's bad. Like Those are not good pitchers at this point. We've seen all those guys. Those are not good. If you're a rebuilding team, every, every inning counts, right? Every inning counts. It's all development for this team. Let him develop at the big leagues. There's no reason. Matt Manning, I think, finally pitched today. I didn't see how he did. I'm pretty sure he finally pitched today. There's no reason Tariq Skubal needs to go back to the minors. There's no reason Casey Mize needs to go back to the minors. Let them learn at the big league level. Why not? I know you want to get an extra year of control or whatever. Spencer Turnbull's okay. He's got COVID right now. He's an okay pitcher for him. I do think their offense is interestingly, it's not as bad as as like the Pirates, right? It's not that bad. It's not, there's some fun veterans in there. Robbie Grossman's a good veteran for him. Scope, you mentioned Mazzara, Ramos. Those guys are fun. They're going to score some runs. It's not 
It's not going to be the White Sox, right? It's not going to be the Twins. It's probably not going to be the Royals. But they're not going to get the, they're not going to embarrass themselves out there. So it, a lot of it's though is just let this be a development year and actually develop your players. Don't keep them in the minors. You have the again. Well, I guess before we get through the uh, from the prospects, which one do you want to talk about overall for this year? Again, it's all about the prospect development and uh, and movement. Uh, who are you highlighting here? The best prospect they have is, is Spencer Torkelson. That's the first pick overall last year. He, he's the best prospect. He's probably the best top, second best hitting prospect. No, third best. Probably behind Wander Franco and Jared Kellenick, the third best hitting prospect in the game right now. Mid-season ETA? I don't know why they would. I'd love to see it. I don't know why they would. They'll probably be out of contention. I don't think it'll happen. I think... He's never officially played in the minor leagues, right? Because there was no minor league season. It's asking a lot. Yep. He's probably yep. going to start at high A. You're probably not going to see him get moved that quick. So the ones that you're going to see this year, I just put all three of them. You think you're going to see Casey Mize. You're going to see Tariq Skubal. You're going to see Matt Manning. I don't know when it's going to happen. The interesting one for them is, so they had the first pick in the Rule 5 draft, and they drafted Akil Budo, or Bedu, I think it's how it said, from the Twins. And he has been raking in spring training, just on fire. But for a team that's rebuilding, they have a lot of talent. So... Like in the outfield, you're not going to play him over Robbie Grossman, Nomar Mazzara, Jacoby Jones, and they still have Victor Reyes. So for a team that's rebuilding, there's a lot of good players on this team. This is a team that can speed up their rebuild. If they're out of it a little bit, you trade some of those guys and you get some more prospects later on. I I think that's where this team's going to end up going this year. I don't know. What's their projection? 72 and 90. If they start off hot and and they want to try and compete, I think they can beat that. If they start off cold and they say we're going to turn this into a fruitful rebuild year, I think that gets they can lose more than that too. So I will say, oh, that's a good one. I'll say the under, but not by much. Maybe 68, 92, something like that. It, I see 70. I think their ceiling to me is 75. That's about the ceiling. I, I yeah, they could what, get to that. So seventy to seventy-five is is a good range. But again, I would take the you got to get I would those take the under here. because I, I, you just don't know what. There's so much risk with with pitching. Again, you like that their strength right now and their their farm system is pitching, uh, and that is currency. Period. Whether or not it means a major league or where you trade it for something else, uh, pitching is still the, the key component there. And you have to overall like. And I guess I'll ask that question: Do you like? their long-term uh, prognosis with what they have here. Uh, do you see this as a, a trying to do the same rise as the Kansas City Royals? Yeah, I think this is a team that's doing it the right way. If we're looking at the teams that are rebuilding, right, you got the Royals and, and the Tigers in this division. I think they're both doing it well. We're going to talk about the Pirates. They're doing it terribly, right? The Rockies are doing it awfully. Seattle's doing it pretty well. And yep. the Orioles are doing it maybe not as good as these two teams, but it's not it's not as bad as the Pirates or the Orioles or Pirates or the Pirates or the Rockies, excuse me. So there's there's some teams doing it well. This team is they have a lot of pitching prospects, like you said. Not all pitching prospects work out, and I'm sure at one of these main four probably won't be great. Two of them might be, and then then you're good, right? Then you had a top team like the Reds or something like that, where you're competitive, maybe not great. Here's what I'll say about this team: if Jose Urania, Julio Tehran. Michael Fulmer, all get 20-plus starts this year, they go to that under. If they get rid of those guys earlier and they call those three up and those three make the 20 starts, they hit that over. I think that's a great way to put it. Uh, I think we're also going to have the challenge this year of uh, can we find a Pittsburgh positive uh, uh, moments with that. I think that's our our challenge this year. So let's look overall at uh, uh, the division. Yep. 
put together the best team of the AL Central. There are a lot of te- players from just a couple of teams on this. So catcher, Yosemite Grandal is poss- probably the best on-base catcher in the game right now. Good defender. He's the catcher. First base, Jose Abreu is the defending MVP. You get it automatically. Second is kind of weak in the AL Central. I would love to put Whit Merrifield there. He's an ex-second baseman. I'll leave him in the outfield. So I'll put Nick Madrigal there. Uh, yeah. Even though he has never really proven it, I, I think he's pretty good. So I'm putting him there. Jose Ramirez is an MVP candidate. He's automatically a third. Tim Anderson at short. Like you said, he's won a couple batting titles. He gets in. In the outfield, you have Whit Merrifield. Very good player. I'll put Luis Robert there. I said he could be Fernando Tatis. It could be – I think at worst he's the next guy, which is Byron Buxton. I think at worst Luis Robert is Byron Buxton, 2020 type of player. DH is Nelson Cruz. Until he stops doing it, he's there. The pitching, Shane Bieber is the defending Cy Young Award. He gets it. I like I said, I like Lucas Giolito. I love the acquisition of Lance Lynn. And then it's the two twins guys, Kenta Maeda and Jose Barrios. What you notice is there's no Royals there, and that's that's what they need. If they're going to compete in this, they need a they need a pitcher. And Liam Hendricks is one of the best two closers in baseball. So it's a good division, very good division. Who do you have for the best offseason acquisition? I have two. So I have Lance Lynn down. I love Lance Lynn. If you're going to be a competitive team, which I think the White Sox are, you need another. They need another pitcher, right? So they moved one. They got rid of Dane Dunning in that trade, and they got a more. I think Dane Dunning, Dane Dunning could be very good in a few years, but that's more for a rebuilding team, which Texas was, and Lance Lynn's more solid. And then the other one I have is I love the move of Carlos Santana. I think Carlos Santana's a very good player. We both kind of wanted him to go to the Brewers, I think, but Carlos Santana batting right in the middle of that young Royals lineup. I, I like uh, uh, Lance Lynn as far as here's what Chicago did well, despite the the, the – uh, the weird offseason, what Chicago did well is they wanted a veteran presence for the pitching staff uh, to give that stabilizing force as they take that next step, right? You have a lot of young talent, but they didn't have the right veterans there yet. And to his credit, that's what LaRusa is trying to do. Uh, even Adam Eaton offers that type of element. Still enough talent where it's not just in uh, a veteran period, but there's talent that's there. But Lance Lynn is a huge stabilizing force at the top of that rotation uh, who can teach the youngsters the right way and how to go through the, the lumps and inconsistencies, especially of this year. And then Liam Hendricks, your all-world closer uh, at the end. Uh, when you can have a guy like that who you can count on, it pushes everyone else into a, a better role and it makes everyone else better as, as a result. So uh, I like those moves overall for what it does for this particular team. They'd be good moves somewhere else. I think they're great moves here in this context. When you're a good team, you want to keep adding good players. I have another one of their players. That's my comeback player of the year, which is probably cheating because he's never played really. Nick Madrigal broke his wrist, and I think three games in, I've talked Nick Madrigal a lot on here. It, if he stole 30 bases, it would not be – out of the realm of possibility, he has that type of speed. If he struck out 20 times and walked 100, that's that's possible with the way that his bat has, has played. And we only saw it for about 10 games, I think, last season, and I think he struck out no times. So it's such a fun skill set. I love Nick Madrigal. I think he's going to be really good. Hopefully we can finally see him yeah. uh, get past the injury issue here. Any the MVP candidate? Yeah, oh, MVP candidate. Jose Abreu might be the defending MVP, but there's a clear candidate in this division, and it's still Jose Ramirez. If the Indians are going to win – this division, or be competitive. Jose Ramirez has got to be 30-plus home runs and probably 20 steals. He has got to be the catalyst of that offense by himself. Out of Lindor's shadow, he's always produced the good numbers, but if they actually, uh, if the wins are there, uh, this will be his best opportunity to win an MVP award. Agreed. But if they're bad, he might not be on that team at the end of the year. He's either the the top trade candidate or he's an MVP candidate. It'll be interesting to see. 
So let's, uh, we're going to shift gears here in just a moment. We're going to take a look at the NL Central. We're going to talk your Brewers, where we're going to have another uh, uh, breakdown and uh, uh, big bomb that we'll throw out there from a non-homer in just a second. Cut my egg. Your eggs are cut, sir. Cut my milk. I can't, sir. It's liquid. Imbecile. Freeze it, then cut it. You, bring me the Wall Street Journal. You too. Fight to the death. You are a madman. I want to party with you, cowboy. Are you kids with your loud music and your Dan Fogelberg, your Zima, hula hoops, and Pac-Man video games? Don't you see? People today have attention spans that can only be measured in nanoseconds. <laughs> be honest with you, I love his music. I do. I'm a Michael Fulton fan. Yes! That's awesome! As we shift gears to the NL Central, uh, let's. Uh, I'll actually get it in the right order this time. We'll talk uh, division overview. Uh, what has stood out to you this off season as you look at the NL Central? So last week we talked the AL or the NL East being the best division in baseball. This is probably the worst division in baseball, and they got all those teams to the playoffs last year: the Cubs, the Cardinals, and the Brewers, and then none of them won a game. Actually, the Reds made it too, right? Yeah, the Reds made it too. They all made it, and none of them won a game, if I remember correctly, because it's they're all because of that fact. They all could make the playoffs still, because it's not going to require as good of a record as I think to make the playoffs in a different division. Before we started, I asked you, we haven't made predictions yet, but I don't think either one of us is going to pick Philadelphia in the NL East. And I said, if they were in the NL Central, would you pick them? And we both had to agree, probably we would probably pick the Phillies to win this division. So it's. It's probably the worst division in baseball, but because there's so much mediocrity, a lot of teams can be still thinking they're in it. So there's playoff uh, potential for most of the division as a result. You have the the mediocrity merry-go-round, but there's some good talent in some of these teams, and uh, if things break right, you can have a very promising year. So at least what you hope for is you're not in a division where if things break right, you're still stuck being like the third best team in the division. This is wide open. There's potential here for anyone to emerge uh, and uh, and go after this uh, division uh, title. So let's start with last year's uh, division winners. We have the Chicago Cubs. And this is, uh, you know, there's been a lot that has happened here. They... This is a team that could never pick a direction after winning the World Series. They tried to keep their old core, and then it became an old core. Uh, and now you have Kyle Schwarber has moved on. Uh, others have, have moved on with this. With what is left, the only major addition, what, Jock Peterson? And he uh, just replaces Kyle Schwarber. He's the same player as Kyle Schwarber, right? right? It's not really an upgrade. So here's what I, I think it was the Washington last week where you said this is, the te- this is a team that if they're not competitive, they're going to trade off. This is a team here. If they are not competitive, Chris Bryant's got one year left. Higher sale. Higher sale. Jock Peterson, Chris Bryant, Javier Baez, Wilson Contreras. You could see all four of those guys be out of there if they're not competitive. And I don't think they're going to be very competitive. I, I don't want to say I don't think they're going to be competitive because they've been competitive in the past. They find a way to do it. So are you ready for the, uh, the uh, especially on the heater podcast, we need to talk about the non-heater rotation. Are you ready yeah. for the average fastball okay. for their top four starters? I'm ready. Uh, and I'm not going in order of starters, but just uh, uh, you have Arietta, 91.9 miles per hour. 
He has the best fastball average on this team. Uh, Mills at 89.8. Davies, 88.4. Hendricks, 87.4. This is their average miles per hour on their fastball. Not their changeup, not their slider. Their fastball. Only one cracks 90, let alone 95. We're like watching Shohei Otani blast 101 uh, today. Uh, what do you think of the non-heater rotation of the Chicago Cubs? So I, for years, I didn't buy into Kyle Hendricks, right? I didn't buy in. I thought that's not effective anymore. I'm ready to say I'm wrong. I'm ready to say that Kyle Hendricks is an above average pitcher in the baseball, probably one of the best 25-ish pitchers in the game at this point. Beyond that, uh, I have no faith in a lot of these guys. None. Jake Arrieta has been bad for a long time. Just going back, just because he went back to an area cold where he won a Cy Young Award does not make him a good pitcher. I've seen Zach Davies. He was great. He was very good last year with San Diego. I've seen Zach Davies pitch for the Brewers. I don't know if it was just a short sample size. I think it was probably just the fact that it was 60 games. Trevor Williams, Alec Mills. Nope. Nope. I'm not, I am not buying into those guys being anything good. So if you told me there was only beyond Kyle Hendricks, who I think will probably have a good ERA, there's probably not another person on this team under for a starter four. under four and a half. It's that type of a rotation. Worst rotation in baseball? No, we're going to talk about the Pittsburgh Pirates. <laughs> <laughs> we have to leave some positive yeah. for that, don't we? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, again, there is still strong positional talent here. Uh, it's been inconsistent for the last couple of years, but the talent is is there. Uh, Jock Peterson is still a uh, – he's a solid replacement to Schwerer. I, I'd say more consistent as far as like versus right-handed pitching, so fills the very similar role. I think overall you're going to have more consistency, maybe not at quite the ceiling in the same way. Uh, defense is going to be an upgrade. He's been on absolute fire in spring training too. I think he has yeah. five or six home runs. I, I like Jack Peterson. I think that's a good signing. I Their offense is going to be fine if they get what they should get out of Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, and Javier Byers. Their offense should be fine. It's, it's the fact their pitching is really bad and – Craig Kimbrell is a disaster in the bullpen. An absolute disaster. He, the second half of last year, it started to level off. You hope that that stays the case. I haven't seen the spring numbers. I got him. Ready for this? Four and two-thirds innings. Nine earned runs. Jeez. Eight hits. Four walks. He has hit one guy. He has a 2.14 ERA. It, it's been bad. He takes forever to get into a groove. It takes like half the year to get him to be what he... Used to be consistently. Yeah, and the problem is, beyond him, it's, I think Rowan Wick is hurt right now. Yeah, he was the guy who stepped up last year for him. He's hurt. So they signed Brandon Workman. He was on the Phillies last year. If you were in the Phillies bullpen and you got signed, <laughs> yeah. it's not a good sign. Ryan Tapera, Dan Winkler, it's it's a really rough bullpen, too. I just don't get what they're doing here. Uh, this is a team They don't want to tear it down. But you're, like, well, let's put it this way. Here's the projection, 78 and 84. under but I think they win I think it's more like 72 wins ish I, I think they get over 70 but it, this could be a really rough rotation and a very fa famous hitters park right it's a very famous yes. hitters park so you have all these guys that give up a lot of fly balls like Jake Garrett is a fly ball pitcher at this point in Philadelphia and that's going to be into a lot of home runs and I think they're going to score I think they'll score plenty of runs but this is another team where yeah, this is not the friendly confines for a five. fly ball pitcher. Uh, eight to five, when the wind's going out. Nine to six type yeah, of losses, absolutely like that type of a team. So, and if and if they fall down, I said if they start off, let's say we get to the end of June and this team is, 
know. 10 games under 500? Sure, 10 games under 500. At least four of those bats get traded. Jock Peterson, Wilson Contreras, Chris Bryant, Javier Baez, Jason Hayward. Some of those guys are getting moved off this team, and then it could get real rough. What I again, this goes back to my my point. What I don't understand is if you're saying that you're looking at a seventy to seventy five win team, what did you keep them around for? Like yep. this doesn't make any sense when you have guys that are getting the older guys are going to be another year older. You still don't know what you're doing at Javier Baez. You haven't done the the long term extension yet. The question is, are you like this? Doesn't add up to a plan. Uh, and I think that's the biggest question mark in, in Chicago is what is the plan? What is their next step towards contention? Because what they're doing right now ain't it. It's weird because Jed Hoyer is, has shown that he can do the rebuild, right? It was the Padres and the Red Sox, so he's shown he can do it. He's still there. Now Epstein left, but they have experienced tearing this type of down. But it's right now they're stuck in the word is going to be mediocrity in this division. That's what we're stuck in. Here's what I'll give the benefit of the doubt to Hoyer is this. I think what happened was a financial crunch that was unanticipated due to COVID. I think they thought more funds would be there to try to keep this team going. And instead you had to cut back salary fast, but you still want, you didn't want it to, to your fans. You didn't want to do a, a full teardown. And so you got stuck with this weird thing that what it is right now. And we'll see what happens as the year gets going here. The other problem is, the farm system's pretty bare. There, there's no, like, you look like, okay, what's the hope for tomorrow? And I'm assuming this was a struggle to, to uh, really so- find something positive here. A lot of these ones are pretty bare. Some of these ones are pretty bare. Their best prospect, Braylon Marquez, he's a pitching prospect. I doubt we see him this year. Probably more of a next year type of option. The guys that are going to help the most this year, we saw Edbert Azalai, another pitcher. You saw him a bit last year. It's okay. He's going to be okay. I think he should pay, play over Trevor Williams and Alec Mills because I said, I don't think they're going to be good enough, so why not try to get some of this out of there? I really do like Nico Horner. He actually doesn't qualify as a as a prospect anymore because he got by, I think he's about 30 at-bats too many to qualify. He's going to be their primary second baseman, I think, and I, I do like Nico Horner. I think it's kind of a very similar to a Nick Madrigal skill set. He's going to strike out a little more, might not steal as many, but Dustin Pedroit, not he's not going to hit as many home runs. He's just kind of a fun little player at second base. So now we're going to move on to the team that made the argue, arguably the biggest acquisition in Major League Baseball, definitely the biggest salary uh, <laughs> in uh, Major League Baseball as far as trades go. Nolan Arenado makes his way to the St. Louis Cardinals, and this feels eerily similar to Matt Holiday from many years ago, also Colorado to St. Louis. Uh, and Matt Holiday became the centerpiece of a very good offense that led to many playoff years uh, during that time. Uh, he's the big acquisition that is there. Is it enough for a team that has been floundering more than in years past? Paul Goldschmidt was the last big trade they tried. It's been good, not great. He's like the only acquisition. Otherwise, they're basically running it back with the same team that was there last year. And yeah, I. Nolan Arenado is a Hall of Fame player. He's excellent. He's going to be a Hall of Famer someday. I truly believe that. Now, he's another one. We've seen people leave Colorado and struggle, but Matt Holiday didn't do it. DJ LeMahieu didn't do it. Good players are good everywhere, right? Good players are good everywhere. Now, is he going to hit 310? Probably not. Is he going to hit 265? Yeah, probably. 265 to 280, somewhere in there. I think he can hit 30 home runs in St. Louis, and that's a very good player. He'll probably be all, probably a all-star this season. But is it enough to get him over the hump? 
Maybe. I suppose part of it has to do with uh, your guy from last year that we talked about, Dylan Carlson. Dylan Carlson's uh, really good. They're expecting a, a larger role for him this year. Yes, they should. Dylan Carlson's very good. So he came up last year, and he was horrendous. And then they had – remember, this is the team that had a bunch of COVID things, just like the Marlins did. And so it was get going, shut down, get going again. And then he came back up at the last 10 games of last year, and he looked better. Now, we're talking – on the year of extremely small sample sizes, his good stretch was even smaller. But I'll go back to his minor leagues and say, I think Dylan Carlson's pretty good. I think he's got 20 homers, 15 steals in him, 260 average. He's also a switch hitter. So he's going to bat towards the bottom of the lineup. It is a very old lineup. It is a very it's strike. It's a very right-handed lineup. Other than a couple of switch hitters, it's a very right-handed lineup. I don't know if I would say it's a good lineup. I would say it's... I think that's going to be dependent on Arenado and Carlson. Yeah. To be Otherwise, honest. it's just, it's very average, I would say. Just, yeah. There's good players like Paul Goldschmidt's good, right? Paul DeYoung is fine. Yadier Molina, fine, but they're not good at this point, I wouldn't say. Just average. And that might be enough in this division. Yeah. That's going to be one of the, the key questions within it. Their pitching staff, as I talked to you about this before we got started, they obviously have a, uh, an amazing ace at the top. And then it's kind of the non-flashy but effective. It's better than the Cubs, right? It's better than the Cubs. It's Adam Wainwright's old, but like you said, effective. And he's been unbelievable in spring training. I don't know if you've seen his. I think he's given up one run or something. He's been great. Carlos Martinez had some COVID stuff all year last year. He's two years removed from being really good. He's still only 29. I think that he can be better than anyone the Cubs are throwing out there, not named Hendricks, if we're talking about that type of thing. Kwon Young Kim, I liked coming over from Korea last year. I still think he's okay. And then fifth starter right now, it looks like John Gant. Miles Michaelis still working his way back from the shoulder thing. So I think he'll be there eventually to be a fifth starter. It, I I really like their bullpen. That's what I'll say. I really like their bullpen. I think they have a lot of hard throwers out there. Jordan Hicks, Alex Reyes, Giovanni Gallego. Andrew Miller's getting old, but he's still pretty good out there. So that's where I think this team wins. If, if this team wins, it's reliant on their bullpen. 88 and 74. Nope. Not yeah. that good. Not yeah. that good. I, that was the most That's surprising number that I've seen so far nope, on projections. Not I, I'm, I'm not buying that one. 84 wins, maybe? That type of a number? Somewhere's in there I think they can get to. Yeah. But 88's a lot. That's a good team, and they're not that good. 85 is the ceiling uh, that I, I see. There. I think that's about what you're, if things break right, that's what you're looking for there. Uh, is there anyone, like, you know, obviously it was Dylan Carlson last year, is there someone else that comes up in that that farm system? Nope. I got Dylan Carlson down for their best prospect. I also have Dylan Carlson down for the prospect that's going to help them the most. We could have talked Lane Thomas. That's probably end of the year type of a guy who might come up and help him in the bullpen, or excuse me, in the outfield, but it's not as good as Dylan Carlson. So let's talk Cincinnati Reds. And this was the uh, the team that we really liked last year. Uh, and things just didn't quite click, despite having a Cy Young uh, a talent and some amazing uh, starting pitchers. But now we're uh, another team that hasn't fully said what they, what they want to do. They've wanted to compete, but they've also... Yeah. <laughs> so I got a number for you from the Cincinnati Inquirer. Their team BABIP last season was 245, the lowest since the 1968 Yankees. Wow. So they just couldn't get him to drop, right? Nick Castellanos, Mike Moustakis, Eugenio Suarez, all their numbers look super depressed, and they just couldn't get the hits to fall in. Law of averages says it has to be better. Regression always happens, whether positive or negative, regression to the mean. 
uh, that would indicate that this offense wasn't as bad as what we saw, uh, that there's more luck attached to this, and there should be at least some positive coming back here. And I think we liked the offense last year, and I still like their offense. It's still Nick Castellanos, I think, is really good. And Joey Votto's bad at some COVID, but he's fine. And Eugenio Suarez, have you seen that they're playing him at shortstop now? He's their yeah. new shortstop, right? So Mike Moustakis Fantasy is back to uh, alert for that That's one. right, yeah. So you Suarez, I think he's as likely as any player in baseball to hit 40 home runs. When was the last time a shortstop uh, led the uh, league in, in home runs? It's been a while. It's been a while. And Nick Senzel is good. So I think it's a good offense. I wish, you know, they made the one move. They got rid of one of the pitchers. Trevor Bauer's not there, right? He just gone. Luis Castillo is as likely as anyone maybe to win the Cy Young Award. He's that type of a pitcher. And then Sonny Gray, he's hurt already, which is unfortunate. Maybe it's only a week or two. injury that he ended the year with, right? That back thing. Same thing as Clayton Kershaw, back soreness. And that's not what you like to hear because that sounds like it's going to stay there for a while. And so otherwise, if you tell me that it's Luis Castillo, Sonny Gray, Tyler Molly, Wade Miley, and TJ Antone, who I really like TJ Antone. There's people that are uh, expecting a breakout or very much like Tyler Molly as well. I think that that's actually probably the best rotation in this division. I think if you had it all healthy, it's the best rotation in this division. But you're already seeing injuries, and that's not good. <laughs> 79 and 83. I'll take the over. I will take the over on that this one. Is the least of, I'll say this is a 500-win team. This should be a 500-win team. Despite yeah. the challenges and, and uh, health questions that are there, I still see a 500-win team. I take the you over. You cannot have as bad of luck as they had last year offensively. That's the thing. It it just cannot be that bad. It, regression of the mean. Maybe it goes beyond. Maybe instead of just being average, it goes above average this year. And then it's, you know, then it's an 85-win team. So who did they get for shortstop? You know, that was the hardest part they were trying Suarez. to fill up. That's why we moved oh, Suarez right. to right. short. They moved him to short. And so then, so and Jonathan Indi- third? Senzel's still playing the outfield. They're going to put Jonathan India, who's That's actually a very right. good prospect, prospect for them. A very good prospect Segway. is going to move to second base. Yeah, Jonathan India is the one I have down to help the most this season because when I made this, I did not have him, but now he, I had to switch it because he's going to help the most. He's going to play primarily at second. He's former first-round pick over – I think it was the fifth overall pick at 2017 or 18 – and power speed type of guy, he's going to be at the bottom of the lineup, so you probably won't see a lot of the speed. But he'll help. Their best prospect's probably Hunter Green. Big pitch, really, really yeah. fun, young, thin pitching prospect. Can throw like 102 miles an hour. Maybe if they're in contention at the end of the year, you see him come up in the bullpen. But overall, I think a big question is, is Amir Garrett ready to be the closer? I think he is. They obviously lost Raziel Iglesias. They traded him away. Their bullpen, Amir Garrett, Lucas Sim, Sean, they signed Sean Doolittle. Not a big Sean Doolittle guy, but the back end of their bullpen, Amir Garrett has to be good for them back there. So we we talked about 79 and 83. We were taking the over on that. Uh, Again, Reds are another interesting one to see. Uh, A lot of question marks, but hopefully things break right. We still believe in the talent on this team, uh, and this could be a a very different conversation by the – Midseason, yeah. If if they get some things to fall their way, Mike Mike Mustakas and Nick Castellanos, Eugenio Suarez, Joey Votto, or what they think Nick Senzel are what they think they could be, that's an eighty-five win team. But there's already injuries to Sonny Gray. Joey Votto's getting up there in age. There's a lot of questions too. So this brings us to the Milwaukee Brewers, and this is. I'm feeling them the same way that you were feeling the Kansas City Royals. Nice. I I, like I have a I told you, I read the season preview article 
this overall MLB season preview article by Jeff Passan on ESPN. And he was talking about uh, different uh, players that are primed for breakout, uh, what different uh, scout and talent evaluators have said on things they've seen in the spring and on people's stuff and uh, things that have been there uh, on, on various things. And there's a couple, just a couple of snippets on the Milwaukee Brewers. He did not say anything specifically about the Brewers team itself, just a couple of key players. And as I read the article, I'm like, I'm, I'm buying this team. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm not a homer here for this. So what I'm buying is you have two Cy Young candidate talent-level pitchers at the top of a rotation in uh, Brandon Woodruff and Corbin Burns. Corbin Burns came out last year. You, you saw that talent. So you have that much there alone. They have continued to add to a dominant bullpen. Devi Williams, uh, pro- his changeup, probably one of the top two or three pitches in all of baseball. That's how good that has been. Uh, and then you add that to, to Josh Hader, and now you don't have to overuse Hader the way that has been overextended in, in previous years. Uh, then there's also a kid by the name of Drew Rasmussen, who Jeff Passan was talking about, having a similar type of talent or ability as Debbie Williams. I was reading somewhere, I think maybe it was Eno Saris at Fangraphs, I don't remember, but said that they're – they're among the best teams in baseball, the best team in baseball at, at getting these guys to, to up their velocity by a couple miles an hour in the bullpen. So suddenly, it's we, we talked at dinner. I ate dinner with you tonight for my birthday. Thank you, Amanda. But uh, it's a lot like your team, the Rays, right? They're coming. It's the stable thing. Just keep throwing guys out there, and then maybe you throw Brent Suter, who throws 85 left-handed out there, and it's a whole different deal. So you got Freddie Peralta. You got Brent Suter, and it's a lot of it's a lot of belief in what this bullpen can do. And last year, your team had three great starters, right? Charlie Morton, Blake Snell, Tyler Glassnell. This team has two great starters. And then some questions, Brett, Adrian Hauser, Brett Anderson, and Josh Lindblom. I, they're okay. Hauser was great two years ago. It wasn't so good last year, but I think it's probably in the middle. That's probably the cop-out answer, but I think it's in the middle. I don't think he's great. I don't think he's as bad as he was last year, but all you need is twice, not even twice through the lineup. Just get through five innings. Turn it over to the bullpen. Eric Yardley's been great. He's been great last year. Justin Holt, but we didn't even talk about him. Drew Rasmussen, turn it to the bullpen. Let him lock down the last three, four innings for you because that's how this team's going to win. There's a name that I'm throwing out here. It's the name that Jeff Passan mentioned, so I'm not taking any credit for this, but Aaron Ashby has turned heads uh, in spring here. Uh, Evaluators are loving his arm uh, and believe that he has the chance to be that third pitcher to go at the top of that rotation, a young live arm that uh, uh, very talented is uh, not going to break camp with the team, uh, but would not be surprised to see him by midseason. Yeah, they've they've shown in the past they'll be aggressive with these guys. Usually they'll bring him up in the bullpen. That's kind of what they've done with a lot of their starters in the past. Burns moved to the bullpen when he first got called up. I think Woodruff actually pitched out of the bullpen for a while too. So yep. at the end of the year, if they're competitive, Ashby's been good in spring training. He started off I think the first two games he struck out all six batters he faced. He gave up some hits in the last game, but. He's been very good. Ethan Small's been really good. They have other pitcher arms coming. That's that's what's encouraging about it is it's not just the guys that are going to start the year, although I think we, we there's a legit case that this is the best bullpen in the National League. I think it's either them or the, the Dodgers. But the the questions are in the back end of the starting rotation and the offense. Last year it was the throw it against the wall and see what stuck, and it was very little that stuck. It was most of it slid down the wall. So they need to bounce back, right? Christian Yelich has to be back to being the MVP the MVP form, and I don't really have a whole lot of doubt that he's going to do that. All the stat cast numbers were basically there last year. He struck out too much. I wish he would stop striking out, but otherwise, 
if it's not, maybe it's not 320, maybe it's 285, but 35 home runs seems still like a, a rock solid thing to me. And sorry, bounce. No, I'm just saying, an agreement is watching him bounce back. You also need Keston Harris got to bounce back. You yeah. didn't. He wasn't called up for the for the the glove. He was called up for the bat. Uh, and now moving him to first base, where he's not as much of a defensive liability. Uh, no, he's not going to produce the traditional first base numbers, but he should be a very good above average bat uh, added to this uh, to this team. And again, contact. Uh, hitting has been uh, something this team has needed. The power has been there in different ways. Uh, that contact ability there, that's something he should be able to provide. So you mentioned the glove. So we got to mention the glove because this team has clearly said that we were, they're actually shifting their philosophy a little bit and saying we're going to prioritize defense, which for years they didn't do. I saw Mike Moustakas play second, which was surprisingly <laughs> good, but when he was drifted over there, I didn't think he'd be able to do it. So Colton Wong, Jackie Bradley Jr. and Lorenzo Cain are all coming back to this team. And that is the last all time gold glove caliber we've defenders. seen these guys play. They won gold gloves, right? So up the middle, really strong. They're outfield. When you put Christian Yelich, Lorenzo Cain, and Jackie Bradley Jr., you have three li- literal gold glove winners in their outfield. That That's how good it could be. Keston Hira, hopefully moving him to first, he won't have to focus on – it's been the throwing. It's The throwing is just horrendous. So just knock it down and go step on first base. And maybe that he can focus more on hitting again, and maybe that'll help his hitting too. We don't know. Getting Travis Shaw back at third, not a great Welcome defender. Welcome back, uh, not Travis bad. Shaw. Not a great defender, not bad. Couldn't be any worse. Third base has been the hole on this team for a long time. It's been – Jed Jerko was actually pretty good last year. If there was one guy that – and the throwing against the wall sticking thing, it was Jed Jerko. But third has been a problem. The corner infield spots have been a problem for this team. So getting Keston Hira there, hopefully Travis Shaw plays – like, was it three years ago when he was on the team and he was really good and then he struggled? But I think there's going to score runs. I think their defense is going to be better, and I think they have the best bullpen in the National League. It's usually easier to add a bat at midseason than it is a pitcher. And we've seen a transformation on this team that's worth stating at this point because this has been in-house additions. The Brewers know how to develop pitching. That's now a true statement that you can make. Take a look at the guys that are here uh, of, of who we've mentioned. We've mentioned uh, Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Burns, uh, Freddie Peralta, uh, uh, Hauser, Williams, Rasmussen, Hader, yeah. uh, Williams. Like all these guys, uh, these a good amount of them are elite level pitchers already that they've developed to this point. Uh, underrated pitching staff uh, and it needs to be stated here for this team and I think that's going to be the biggest part of what's done and when you mentioned it again the way that today's uh, starting pitching is you just need two times through the order uh, you don't need guys going three times through now you have two elite guys where here's what matters I don't see a 90 win team here uh, they're right now 80 and 82 is the projection I'll take, I take the, the over, over on that yeah. I'll take the over this is like an eight. I don't remember what I said for the Cardinals already it's in my opinion, this is a two-team race. Unless something happens where the if everything hits for Cincinnati, they might be in this too. But otherwise, it seems like this is a two-team race to me between the Brewers and the Cardinals to about 85 wins. And all you need is, now again, because of the other divisions, you might have to, uh, you might have to win the division in order to get in. Uh, but it, for them, this is a team that I like... Uh, a dangerous team if they get in. Based on what we're talking about here, if this all moves forward, uh, they get in and they are dangerous in a, in a three and five game series because you have that elite level at different spots that can lock down liners with Cy Young level of pitchers. 
this team just get in and things can happen. And then we'll see where we at by the end of the year with Aaron Ashby or anyone else. Uh, they have the right pieces to make things interesting. Still way too early to say anything yet. I like what's being built in the with the Brewers. They have the best bullpen in uh I'm going to say the best bullpen in baseball. If Drew Rasmussen is every bit as good as that is, you put Hayter, Williams, and Rasmussen together, along with the uh, Freddie Peralta multi-inning relief, you have a lot of very good arms. And then Brent Suter, just the different look to everything. I love what I see with that bullpen, and that'll be a big reason that keeps them in contention throughout the year. You're trying to get back on my dad's good side. We'll we'll see if that that works. We'll find (laughs) out. Uh, uh, Which one? And we've talked different young arms. Is there anyone specifically prospect-wise you want to mention? I think their best prospect overall is probably Garrett Mitchell, actually. He got drafted last year out of UCLA. The only reason he fell, I think he picked him 18. He's been on fire in spring training. He also will not make this team out of – some people want him to make the team. He's never played, once again, in the minor leagues. He's going to play in the minor leagues. He's probably their best. The only reason he fell is because he has diabetes, but he's had it his whole life, so it was a dumb reason for him to fall, and it seems to not be affecting him. I think the one that's most likely to help this year, you mentioned Aaron Ashby. It's either Aaron Ashby or Ethan Small. They're both – Young arms who could, if this team is in contention, and I think they will be, they're the type of arms that can come up at the end and throw out of the bullpen, kind of like Garrett Crochet did for the White Sox last year. By the way, I like the Colton Longfin overall here. I think he's got uh, a decent average. His on-base percentage yeah, first, is really I think. good. I think he's going to be a bad leadoff for him. The, the glove is obviously what you're getting there, too. Again, the defense is going to improve this pitching that much more. That's an underrated aspect of this. When you add those three gold glove caliber guys up the middle, uh Defense covers up a multitude of sins, and uh, they're going to now have that, which hasn't been the case in Milwaukee as we talk about an organizational shift towards uh, high-quality gloves. Uh, this brings us to the— uh, Before we get to this team, yeah. update on Corey's not-yet-made prediction that you know about. Corey Seager hit his sixth home run of the spring. Yeah, that's my guy. It's, it is. Uh, we will talk in, in the final uh, in the final week as we do— uh, uh, predictions. Predictions. Yeah. We will have uh, breakouts. We're going to evaluate. Again, there will be a couple of games that will already be in, in place by that point, but we'll talk spring training breakouts of the pit of the guys that are there. I'm up to three now. Right. I was actually just making that okay. list. Nice. I, Austin Meadows uh, returning, Ooh. Shohei Otani. There we go. Uh, and now Corey Seager. Oh, uh, so just adding that, to, uh, we'll keep adding guy. to that list and want to see who are we buying and selling from spring training oh. a, a numbers and breakouts? So that'll I'm come buying. up in two weeks. Or is he your full buy, whatever we get to. Okay, there's a team that plays in Pittsburgh. Are we done? In theory. <laughs> in theory. In theory, on paper. So the Pittsburgh Pirates are not very good at baseball. And this is a team that's in the rebuild, and they are not doing it the right way. I'll disagree with that statement. I'll say they actually are good at baseball when they oh. can. Uh, they just don't know how to do it in Pittsburgh. That's true. They've let a lot of talent go yeah, around Major true. League Baseball. That's true. Uh, they just don't know how to actually use use it in Pittsburgh. Here's the one thing I'll say about their lineup. I like Key Brian Hayes. He yep. came up last year. He's the one bright spot perhaps in this lineup. Colin Moran, he got hot. Remember he had was it like seven home runs in a week or something last year? That was that was a Pittsburgh positive. He might hit twenty home runs. <sighs> Gregory Polanco, who knows? He might be. He maybe he finally develops into the player they thought he was. It is a talent. Can you name? Don't look at the lineup. Do you, can you name five players on the Pittsburgh Pirates? No. Not counting the ones that I named. No. Yeah, probably not. It, it's a very rough team. It is Adam Frazier, Key Brian Hayes, Colin Moran, Brian Reynolds, Gregory Polanco, Anthony Alford, Jacob Stellings, and Kevin Newman as their projected starting lineup. That's rough. That's very rough. Pitching. Ready for this? <clears throat> Stephen Brault, Tyler Anderson, Chad Cool, Mitch Keller, J.T. Brubaker. 
So there, there's man. a button Crickets. on here. If I had, if I could get back to the other spot, there's a cricket. There's button. a cricket button. That's what I'd Darn. be wanting to press right here. You mentioned the Cubs pitching. They have Kyle Hendricks, which immediately makes them better than this. Uh, Mitch Keller is still interesting. He's still interesting, but at some point you got to show it. You got to show it. You can. I can say you're interesting for a long time. You got to show it. Jude T. Brubaker is the same thing. He's kind of interesting, but there's a lot of these teams where he doesn't make the rotation. Maybe not in the National League Central. He's probably a back of the rotation arm for all these teams, but there's some teams where he doesn't make the rotation. And then Tyler Anderson shouldn't be in a big league rotation at this point. Same thing for Steven Brault, as far as I'm concerned, and the same thing for Chad Cool. You've also shown it. You shouldn't be in a big league rotation. You look at the bullpen, kind of the same thing. Trevor Cahill. Richard Rodriguez is actually an okay closer for him, but I don't know if they're ever going to have that many leads. The Is there any prospect that and that's the thing. excited about that's the thing it's, this is a team that traded josh bell this offseason right and joe musgrove and jameson tyone so they should have prospects to show for it but they don't they didn't get anything in those trades they didn't get enough in those trades so their prospect is o'neill cruz he, they drafted him a few years ago he's like actually i guess they signed him out of the dominican i'm pretty sure he's like six foot five he's a massive shortstop massive shortstop but he's not going to help him this year and then it's the prospect that's most likely to help is still keep brian hayes i said he's they probably the lone bright spot on this team but for a team that traded that much talent this offseason, where's your target window? Like, is it 2027? Where are you trying to win this? You have to pick a year and say, we're going to try to compete now. And they're not doing it. Are you ready for something fun? Sure. Uh, we're, we'll have a, uh, an all-division team, but I think we should refer to an all-elsewhere Pittsburgh team. <laughs> That's probably because, pretty good. Because there'd be, uh, there'd be a lot of, uh, like, let's go uh, outfield. With it. You have Austin Meadows. Mm. Uh, you have uh, Starling Marte. Mm. Good call, good call. Uh, Still have Andrew McCutcheon. Oh yeah, there you go. Nice, nice. Yeah, better than anything uh, they're putting out so there. So <laughs> there's already those those three. Uh, first base, you got Josh Bell. First base is Josh Bell. I agree. Uh, I'm trying to think of second base. Mm, nothing, nothing. It. Middle infield was uh, stands out even at shortstop. I'm not seeing anything stand out there. I have to think about it. They could probably at least at least put their own keep keep Ryan Hayes at third base. Yeah, so he, they can actually have one guy on, on this on this team. Ryan Hayes is good. Yeah, good good uh, player there. Catcher. I don't know what. What's the guy who retired? He's Francisco Cervelli. There you go. Yeah. Francisco Cervelli. He's got to be better than some of the stuff they're putting out there. And then you, the, the rotation. Tyone, Glass now, Cole. Morton. Morton and Chris Archer. Even if I don't trust Chris Archer anymore, I'll still take him over. Like Chris Archer wasn't good for these guys. He'd still and, be and their best of, pitcher. And like, because of organizational philosophy. And that could. And I said it. That's a problem, right? This is a team that for years was thought of like this pitching guru place too. It was the race years age. This was the pitching you wanted players to go here. And now it's, they held back all these guys and maybe Mitch Keller got, I, I love Joe Musgrove this year. I think Joe Musgrove is going to be great. You know why? Cause he's not in Pittsburgh. There is a, uh, this is the one that I'm screaming the loudest for blow it up. Not in terms of team, but in terms of organizational philosophy, get rid of your pitching philosophy. It is damaging your franchise and setting it back by decades. Because again, the fact that we could do that, a former Pittsburgh player all team, and look at the names that are on that list. There's no reason why Pittsburgh should be in this place, at least from this standpoint. Yes, small market teams can't keep guys long-term. You're going to have to trade them or move them on, but you should have something to show and result. They don't have a farm system despite having this otherworldly talent. This is as bad as the the Marlins when they had that outfield that was uh, the stud outfield and had nothing to show for it. Christian Yelich, Mike Stanton, uh, Azuna. Like, and yet there's no prospects that came from that. This is just a complete train wreck from an organizational philosophy, especially from a pitching standpoint. I got a second baseman for our team, Josh Harrison. 
Yeah, there you there go. You know, I had to Google it, but yeah, there's a, there's our second baseman for our ex Pirates team, but. So definitely not a Pirates positive uh, no. uh, moment uh, for here, but blow up the pitching philosophy, and maybe you got yourself a chance. You're you're obviously good at finding talent, uh, evidenced by all these key players that are within it. You just haven't been able to do anything with the talent. So change that up, and you'll be good to go. Let's talk. What do you got uh, for an over under there? Oh, 66 and 96. Under whatever it was going to yeah. be, I was taking the under. If there's a team that's going to lose 100 teams, it's going to be there's there's three possibilities. This is the most likely one to lose 100 games. Colorado's number two. Colorado's number two. I'll take Baltimore three, although Baltimore is quite a bit better than these teams. They also have to deal with the fact they play in a much tougher division. Correct. So that's why I'll take Baltimore as the third most likely. But Pittsburgh, if there's a team that's going to do it, almost guaranteed I'll take Pittsburgh. So that's the former uh, uh, Pittsburgh team. Let's talk about NL Central team. Wilson Contreras is the best catcher in the National League Central at this point, although I said I don't think it's guaranteed he'll finish the season there. Paul Goldschmidt, still the best first baseman. Mike Moustakis, I put him at second. He might actually play third. I did this when he still played second, but I'm going to keep him there. Third base is tough. Nolan Arenado's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. But okay, this is before he started playing shortstop. But when Eugenio Suarez and Nolan Arenado, are they really that different? Are they really that different? Nolan Arenado's got the defense. The glove. Yeah, it's the, the defense, the, the right? The glove is the different. But otherwise, the offensively, there. they're basically the same player outside of Colorado, I think. I would say that's true. Shortstop, I'll keep it at Javier Baez. I really don't like Javier Baez, probably because he strikes out too much, but his defense is good. And it's, I'll give it to Suarez at this point. If he, if yeah, he can if actually can do play it. Shortstop, it'll if be interesting. he can actually do the defense. Outfield, you got to go to Christian Yelich. He's got an MVP, should have won a second one. I think he'll be better. I said I like Nick Castellanos. I think some hits are going to drop. I think he can hit 280 pretty easily. Ian Happ, didn't mention Ian Happ. Very good yeah. Chicago player. I'll keep Ian Happ as one of the best three outfielders. Here's where the National League Central really steps up is their pitching. It's Luis Castillo, Brandon Woodruff, Jack Flaherty, and Corbin Burns. If you told me one of those guys won the Cy Young Award this year, I wouldn't be. I'd say, okay, that's possible. Any one of those four can do it. And then I have Sonny Gray as a fifth starter. He's hurt right now, but I have Sonny Gray. You could put Kyle Hendricks there too. Those guys are very close in my opinion. And relief pitchers, it's one of the two Brewers guys. It's either Josh Hader or Devin Williams. They're almost interchangeable at this point, and they're both some of the best five relief pitchers in baseball. Best so, acquisition. So again, right there, just one last uh, one last Brewer plug. You're talking of the five pitchers that you mentioned. Two of them uh, are Milwaukee Brewers. The best uh, two relief pitchers are Milwaukee Brewers. You There's, can put Freddie Peralta on there too. Like Freddie Peralta yeah, is yeah. maybe the third best relief pitcher. He's that type of a level. Although some of the Cardinals guys are really good. So best acquisition in that division, it's got to be Nolan Arenado, right? He's he's an all he's an all star. He's going to be adding in the middle of the lineup for the Cardinals. And I said, if they're going to be competitive, Nolan Arenado is going to be a big part of that. Uh, on a little lower end, it's Jack Peterson. It's basically a perfect replacement for Kyle Schwarber. It's a one-year deal. So if they're not Agreed. competitive, trade them off. Well, that wraps up our division coverage of the AL and NL Central. Uh, some interesting uh, uh, observations and predictions uh, were made here. Feel free to uh, remind us of that as the year goes on. Uh, and we next week we'll get to the the West divisions AL and NL West, uh, which will feature your World Series uh, champions along with one of the uh, worst teams in baseball that we mentioned as well. S- some uh, surprising uh, things as well. Do we have our two way Babe Ruth that uh, mm-hmm. MLB.com was enjoying uh, hyping that out today? We're gonna talk some minor league stuff too next week. We're gonna catch there's minor league. There's some new news, new new rules. We've been waiting until the end to talk that, and I'll finally unveil my fantasy baseball roster from the great fantasy baseball invitational so that will be coming up next week we'll see you then 